As we leave here and do that from a place of discipline as well, and not just it's a one-off prayer, but it's a lifestyle that we live, it's a lifestyle that we put in place, Father, to let go, to constantly let go, to release this to other people as well, God, and to ask them to help us with this journey, we would come into this reality of water that just bursts forth because Jesus is at the center. He is at the core and he directs every decision and every thought as I'm on this process and journey of transformation. And freedom is the fruit of this level of intimacy with you. So God, today, you see every hand, you see the hearts. And I just know, Lord, that you're moving right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's grab a seat. You know, sometimes, I think I share this, we just think repentance is a one-off thing that we did when we got saved. We got justified. But the reality is repentance is a lifestyle. It's a constant turning to God. It's a constant keeping in really that posture of keeping our eyes on him. And I don't know about anyone else, but I, I, know my, I know the nature that lives within me. And that's the battle, but I know if I was to feed that nature, why is it that, this is a reality, why is it that it can almost sometimes take so long to get somewhere in God, but to lose where you are takes a second, isn't it? A shift in focus, a, a, just a shift in something that, that may have been of the old, or something that can be just so attractive, just, oh, just give this a minute's thought, and all of a sudden now it's 10 minutes, and now it's, it's half an hour, and now it's a week, and now in a very short space of time, I've just lost focus. And I'm feeling flat, and I'm feeling dead, and I'm feeling like, because you know what? I'm not feeding on the life source. It looks like it's going to give me life, but it doesn't, does it? And so this whole thing of turning back to him, keeping our posture on him, is a whole lifestyle, and it's an active one. It's not something that you can rest in and just be apathetic about. Because not only is, not only is my self active and trying to keep itself, but I have this enemy who's pretty active as well of lying to me, and also keeping me coming to steal, kill, and destroy the very thing that God wants me to enter into. So if you stop about that thing, you have an active opposition who's actively trying to stop you getting something. It's like when we used to play football. We had opposition. And their job was to stop us from scoring in their goal. And our job was to stop them from scoring in our goal. And so there's this active opposition that we face. Yourself is active, when I mean by that, your old nature, your carnal, the nature that God saved you from that still lives within you. Now, once again, I'm only going to speak for myself, but I know my nature, that old nature, would love to rage again. It would love to do the things that it maybe used to do at times. When things are a little bit flat or things aren't going too well or whatever happens, you know what? Sometimes those voices in my head scream scream loud. Man, you had so much fun when you were there. What about going back to that? Really, was it fun? 
But in the moment it is, isn't it? Your nature can find something that was fun about it even though you know it killed you. So it's this active pursuit of this transformation that God wants to do in us. So from the heart to the heavens, through an intimacy with him, through everything, this intimacy, there is an outworking. Not a works trying to find intimacy, but from an intimacy that defines works. It's a completely different paradigm from a mode of operation from trying to do it in my own strength and trying to do my Christianity. I'm trying to do it. 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 It's work-based, trying to find intimacy. It's so back to front, it's not funny. It's intimacy through relationship, and out of that flows this innate overflow of this thing called works. Hence, we're never to focus on the works, but on the intimacy, and out of the intimacy, the works will flow. It's a natural posture. No different to everything else or a lot of things that we actually journey into in our natural lives. I don't have to gen- generate a love to be in the Simnor family. It was there. I'm not trying to work that out. I'm trying to work out how do I fit in this family and how to find the love. It's there. And out of that love for being in a similar family flows a whole lot of things, doesn't it? Things like dishes. <laughs> My mum's here this morning. And um, well, I almost told them how old you were, mum. <laughs> that would have been the death of me right there. But I, she looks good for her age. <laughs> and you can try and figure out the rest. But it's somewhere between here and here. No. Um, you know, we, we did things in our family. We had to, we mowed the lawns, we, we did the chores, but all of that flowed from a posture of intimacy. We weren't doing that to try and find intimacy. You see, the enemy will have you in a posture like that your whole life if you let him, because he knows it's dead end. He knows you try and do things in your own strength, and I find you're going to kill yourself. It doesn't lead anywhere. And last week, if you weren't here, this is what I was trying to define, and I want to define it again because I want to send this real clear message. And I shared this at the 9 o'clock prayer meeting, and I said, you know, God knows where every single one of us is at. Right now, He knows where your heart's at towards Him, where it's not. He knows everything, doesn't He? See, we, I, I can fool you, but I can't fool Him. You can fool me, but, I can't, but you can't fool Him. And so God knows exactly where everyone's at. He knows how much you know him. He he knows how much you know uh, who you are in him. He knows everything. And so what I want to say is, let's just all chill out. Because if the God of the universe is happy with where you're at right now, whether you really don't have a passion for him or not, and if he's okay with that, I'm okay with that, and can you be happy with that? And if you have this overwhelming passion for him and love for him, awesome. He's happy with that as well. But let me tell you, it's not, none of those two pictures are defined, define anything. They don't define our sonship or who we are in him. Because when he put his mark on you, he said, you're my son, daughter. It doesn't matter how you respond at times or what's defined. I still love you. Now, everyone's at their unique position in him. So, let's all take one step on that journey. So if you 
are struggling with a genuine love for God, seek Him. Don't, don't, don't hear messages of people doing incredible things and think, oh my goodness, I have to go and do that. Because you're not in the posture maybe that those people are doing it from, so it's inauthentic. You're just entering into doing works. This person may have the heart posture to do that. Great. And God will do that. But if you adopt that and try and do all that, you know what ends up? You don't have the passion. The power is not there. Activate it. So seek it. It's there. Ask him to unlock it and then do. God is comfortable with all that. Because God at a finger can do everything. So it's never about the outcome. It's about the process. And we're so outcome driven. I was. By the time I've been on this leadership in five years, God, I want to see a thousand people fill these seats. I've got my agenda. I'm going to be speaking at this conference. I'm going to have written 10 books. I'm going to do all this stuff because I'm so outcome driven. We're going this way. And you know what happens? You can miss the entire process and leave everybody else behind. You see, we're so outcome orientated in God's process. Follow me. What do we ask? Well, where are we going? I want to know the outcome. Where are we going? What's it going to cost? See, that is outcome driven. He doesn't argue. He says, just follow me. He's looking for trust. He's looking for relationship. He's looking for intimacy. Are you going to trust me without knowing that stuff? You see, when we become, and this is the truth, we become so outcome processed because we can't see how God's doing things. God is comfortable. He built the whole flipping world. He could take it out like that if he wants. So let's rest in him. The Bible says that. Be still and know that I am God. And I love you with a passion that's never going to leave you, forsake you. It's so high, deep, and wide, you struggle to understand it. And wherever you're at, because I know where you're at today, take one step closer and don't let other stuff get in the way of this authentic relationship that I want with you. So if you are full on today and God has spoken, you know him and he says, go lay hands on this person, go lay hands on that person. If he gives you a prophetic word, go and be obedient to what he's calling you to do. But don't get caught up and confused with looking at a whole lot of other people and think, I've got to do all that because they're doing it. If the Father calls you to, go and do it. But if he doesn't, don't. Because you could be like those other people that hear, Lord, Lord, in your name, I did all these great things. He goes, who are you? I do not recognize me in you, is what he's saying. Who's the hope of the world? Not Greg Simner, Christ in Greg Simner. And Christ is wanting to form him in me. So that becomes the reality which my whole life I live by, which means if I am thirsty and I come to him and I have faith in him, you know what happens in me? Rivers of living water come forth. This is the promise that I'm going to speak about and I am speaking about today. Rivers of living water come out of me. It's Christ in me. But where does it start? Having a thirst for him. Not all the works are thirst for him. You get that, the works will take care of themselves. Hunger, thirst, desire. Then come to me. There's intimacy. See, what's defined in the intimacy is incredible. He unlocks things that only he can unlock. I can't do revelation. 
I can seek it, I can ask for it, but he's the one that turns the dial. And the Bible says the church, you and I, are built on it, on the revelation of the center of my world who's to be Christ. And I can't manufacture, manipulate, reinvent that at all. It's a genuine work of the Holy Spirit. And if I believe in him as the scripture says, so faith, a conviction of what this says, not just a belief, a set of beliefs. I believe that, I believe that, I believe that, and I believe that. But there's no conviction. So the belief is irrelevant. You may as well not. It's just a set of rules that you believe to on a plaque, but then your life isn't determined by those beliefs. They're just beliefs. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's a conviction when the life of Jesus has enlightened this living word and a conviction comes where you know that you know that you know. I'll tell you right now, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I was to marry Danielle. There was no doubt in my mind at all. Even when we went up and down and up and down, there was a conviction in my spirit that was deep within me. And this is what God is wanting to birth in us, in his word, not just a belief. I, I believe. No, I believe. And because I believe, I'm ripping up a roof because my mate here needs healing. I'm so passionate that I'm not stopping because I can't get in the door. It's full of people and they're outside. That's not stopping me. I've got a mate here that needs healing. So I'm getting up on the roof. I don't know how they got up on the roof. They might have gone on each other's backs somehow. I don't know. Maybe the final guy was a gymnast and he just went, or something. (laughs) It doesn't say they had a hammer and tools and a whole lot of things. So imagine they got their hands and they start ripping up the roof. Because they've got a conviction. They're convicted to move, convicted to act. John 7, 37 to 39 says, if anyone is thirsty, anyone, any color of people, any creed, any posture, any intelligence, any any nation you've come from, it's irrelevant. If anyone is thirsty, anyone's thirsty, anyone's hungry, then let them come. And dine with me. What does dining with Jesus look like? How many of us have dined with Christ this week? Or are we so busy? Outcome. Got my list. Ticking off the list. Jesus isn't on the list, by the way. End of the week. What would it look like to dine with him? Maybe try it this week. Maybe, I don't know, go home and get a bit weird and get a table and set up a a knife and fork with a candle and some wine and sit there with your word and put some music on and just say, Holy Spirit, come and sit beside me. (laughs) That's next. You're up, mate. (laughs) 
my laptop's been, or my iPad's been making these weird noises. It never used to make this noise. I don't even know where it comes from. It's crazy. I'm just going to... But what would that look like? What would it look like to do that? Say, come Holy Spirit. He's a person. Not a force. Not an entity. Not a... He's a person. It's the person of the Spirit. And sit. I thirst for you. I thirst for your reality. Your Bible teaches me. I've got a conviction, Lord, that it says, if I'm thirsty, if I've got a hunger in my heart for you, then it tells me to come to you. So I'm coming and I'm sitting with you. And I'm expecting you to turn up. I've prepared a beautiful dinner. And I'm expecting you to dine with me. Because I want to believe in you as these scriptures, as they, they talk about. See, I've got a conviction that this process that I am putting myself on has an outcome. But I'm not trying to get to the outcome. I'm walking through the process. Knowing that if I walk through the process and I don't try and deviate off the process or take myself out of the process because it got too hard. I didn't get what I want. But I was believing for this and I didn't get that, so I don't want any part of this anymore. Is God really defined by that? That's called a genie. What do you want? What do you mean, what do you want? I gave you my boy. What more do you want? What more do you want? Everything's contained in him. Seek him and you'll have the answer to what you're asking. It'll be completely redefined. And you sit there with him and he's saying, go through the process. No, no, I think I'm going to go around this way. Because that process looks a bit narrow. It's way too narrow. He says, yeah, it's my way. My way. Your thoughts aren't my thoughts. Your thoughts are so far from my thoughts, Greg, it's, it's hilarious. And as I show you my thoughts, you know what happens? They become your thoughts. Through a process of intimacy, through revelation and being redefined by him. And in that moment, there's this releasing of living water that life comes. That I'm not talking about a theory. I'm not talking about a, an analogy. I'm talking about real experience of him. Where you know you are being changed. Where you know that you know that this food that he talks about, you are dining on and you are being fed through the living word of God. See, when Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, the Bible said it was when he came back that he was hungry. Think about that. The Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's a bit of a mind trip for some of us. And he's in there 40 days, fasting, intimacy, seeking the Lord, dining with God, dining with his Father, receiving stuff. It says, after he came out of the 40 days, then he was hungry. 
How cool is that? What that's saying is, you dine on this stuff, man, you'll be so full, you won't have a, a, a thirst for other things, you'll be full of, so full of this, it'll fill you up, and you'll actually want more, and more, and more, and more. And so your eyes, what I talked about before, your whole eyes will go off you and your stuff and go centered onto him. Jesus, be the center of it all, because I'm dining with you. And there'll be a transaction over a process of time, a literal transaction. And that's what this morning was about. Here you go. Have that. I take hold of this. Because you need to grab hold of something. Otherwise, you go back to your vomit. A dog goes back to it vomit when it doesn't grab hold of the new. You've got to come through the process. If you're going to leave one place, you've got to come into the new. It's where you die in the wilderness. You hearing me? He calls us to partake that we would come into this living reality. How many people believe God? What God says, He means. Yeah, He doesn't mess around. It's not like, oh well, you know, maybe I caught you out in that one. (laughs) Had you gone there for a while? No, it says He gives you a promise. Anyone here broken a promise? Never broken a promise in his life. Never lied. You can count on his promises. It's the motivation to go through the process with him. You go through the process with him. Sometimes he's carrying you through the process. And so we need to lose this outcome mindset. And guys, we know we're consumed with it. What do you want to do when you grow up? Who do you want to become? What job are you going to do? Set your sights. Go for it. You've got to do this. You're going to need this, this, and So we're given this whole culture because it's in us. Right, I'm going to here, here, to here. When we come, to, we come into a relationship with him, he wants to redefine all of that. Hear what I'm saying. God still has outcomes. He sent his son for an outcome. But the journey, the process is where it's all at. Because he wants to define that. So when you come out like his boy who says, I can do nothing unless it's initiated from my father. How did he know what was initiated? Because he spent time with his father. You can do nothing apart from me. Hold on a minute. I can do a lot of things. We read about men doing a lot of things and then they are corrected when it's maybe too late. But hold on. In the name of the Lord, I did all these things. Yeah, yeah. it was in the name of, not the will of. See, it's not just about give it a go. Oh, well, give it a go. Well, I don't believe that's what Jesus modeled, give it a go. He says, I can't do anything unless my father initiates it. And you can't do anything unless you're connected with me. In the vine, feeding from the vine. I have specific things. I didn't just come and completely transform everything. So we've got to dine with you. And the Bible gives us this beautiful promise. So we are to walk in this authentic position like Christ walked, where we will see signs and wonders, where we will reach the lost, where we will do all these things. But you know what? It'll come from this posture of a process that's just a natural outworking that Mark talks about. If you believe in him, signs and wonders will follow you. 
You don't have to, this doesn't have to be the focus. The focus is intimacy with the Father. Hence why, and here I'm about to say, we all have to give each other a break. And I can't say to you guys, right, we're all going to go over here and do this. Because how do I know where you're at with him? Here's the picture. Here's the big picture. Are we all on the process? And it starts as we start discovering who he is. For a genuine who he really is. Not who we think he is, who he really is. And as I'm doing that, and I'm walking that out with him, as he becomes in me more and more, I'm going to flow in the things he flowed in. And so some people, I'm going to reiterate again, yes, God leads it, fill your boots, go. But that doesn't mean we all have to go. We may get there because right now in this season, what God's doing with you is completely different to that. And he says, no, LJ, I want you to stay with me. I want you to sit with me. There's things that I want to show you about me that if you were to run off over there, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to frustrate yourself and other people. You're going to drive, not inspire. I was guilty of this. I'm speaking from experience, from a place of knowing. And I see leaders like myself killing themselves for this thing called ministry because they've got this misunderstood mindset that thinks it's all about getting all these people doing these things. The church will do these things. But it's about an individual and a corporate journey together of relationship. So when you're doing these things, it's so subconscious, it just flows out of you. You're not consciously thinking about it. The Spirit speaks you, just move. It's like this, if I went to hit Kirk now, he'd reflex and move. I'm not doing my Christianity, I'm being a Christian. I don't do church. We don't have to do it differently, we've just got to find him. If we come to him, he defines it. It's about becoming the church and flowing in this authentic position. And he says, if you come to me and you're hungry, if you're thirsty for me, then come to me. And if you believe in me, as the scripture says, not as you say, not as the book of whoever says, not as Greg says, but as I say, then from you, here's the promise, will come a trickle. A drip, 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 drip. We're on a water band. Now it got lifted, didn't it? Thank you, Jesus. Don't use the water. God is so completely the opposite. It doesn't say that you're going to dry up, you'll be a dry up brook. No, it says that you will be, from within you will come rivers of living water. From within you will come him. Basically, it's what it's saying. That's what we looked at last two weeks ago. On this water. But you haven't got a bucket. How are you going to get this water? What are you talking about? If you knew who it was that stood in front of you, you would be asking for the water. 
Where's your bucket? All right, we're not quite getting this. If you knew who stood in front of you, you would ask and you would receive living water that will last a whole lifetime. Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who came at this water? He's like, okay, different tact. Then he starts talking to her about her ex-husbands. You see, this woman is trying to find a void through men. Jesus knows it. So he taps into this. He says, hey, go get your sixth husband. He's not my husband. No, I know. I can see straight through you. I know exactly where you're at. Jesus, be the center of it all. From my heart to the heavens. With my five husbands. With my sport. My children. With my one wife. Jesus, be the center of it all. Do you mind if I add on all these other things? Just in case you and me don't work out. I know you're never running away, but I might. <laughs> and I might need these other things as I go. But Jesus be the center of it all. He's like, I want to be. And I love you so much that I'm always here. See, what's really funny, when you go read Deuteronomy 4, 27 to 29, and it says that uh, the Israelites would seek God with all their heart and their soul, it's you've got to look at the context that's in verse, that's 29. You look at the context of verse 27, and where are they at? God has actually disassociated himself with them. He's pushed them away, and they're in this place trying to worship idols that are dead, that can't hear, they can't see, they can't breathe. And he says, from this place you will come to me and now worship me with all your heart, soul, basically. It's a place of barrenness. See, they're trying to, let's put this into modern day context. Gods, idols, I just did, people, children, relationships, sport, careers, uh, ministry. I love what David Pierce said last week. He said, when you make, um, let me just get this right. When, yeah, when you seek Jesus for ministry, you make Jesus a program. Oh, has the church done that? We don't need programs, we need him. The minute we make Jesus a program, we're on a completely different page to him. God gives us processes, he gives us principles. We must live behind the principle, the life of the principle. We just live in the principle. Classic one is tithing. I tithe. Take the money out of my hand. <laughs> but I tithe. Am I in the freedom of that principle? You see? Or I tithe because I tithe, I get. Tithe for tithing's sake. Give because you love him. Enter into this why behind 
the principle. Enter into the life. I am spirit and life, spirit and truth, both together. about it. I want to leave us with this. Let us thirst for this reality as a community. Let us seek the intimacy for this reality as a community. And let us have faith in this reality as a community. that we would hunger, thirst, come to, have faith, and from our innermost being will flow rivers of Christ. Now that is something that you wake up with, live with, go to bed with, wake up with, live with, go to bed with, and as we seek him, we come into more, and 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 more. It's infinite. Infinite. And Paul said it like this. He said, I've discovered something. I've discovered a person that is so astronomically (coughs) incredible that I consider my life before and he was somebody a complete load of rubbish he then goes on and he writes 13 letters in this incredible manual of life because he discovered a relationship with a person and he writes to you and I and he talks to us about our reality that we're moving towards. I'm not there yet. He even said himself, I haven't yet obtained the knowing of him, the power of his resurrection, or the the what? The fellowship of his sufferings. We like to leave that one out. I'm loving the knowing him, and I'm loving the power of his resurrection. I'm not too keen on this whole thing about suffering, though. The fellowship of his sufferings. Let me read this to you in Philippians 3. Because the once again, what he's describing is an as a process. Listen to what the outcome is. In order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. That's the first resurrection that are returning to reign with Christ. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect. I lay hold of that. Listen to these words. I lay hold, I press on. I press on. So that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of. He didn't just die to keep us out of hell. 
He laid hold of you and me so we can lay hold of what's contained within him, which is the fullness of Christ, which is unbelievable. And Paul writes to us to tell us he's seen that. He says, I press on. He says, forgetting what lies behind. I'm moving forward to what I've seen. And I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God, which is contained in Christ Jesus. That's why on the center of the Christ, on the revelation of the Christ, you and I will be built. Seek a revelation of Jesus like you never have in your life. Keep seeking a revelation of Jesus like you never had in your life. Because I'm praying for myself for that. I pray for you for that. And if we all pray together for it and come into this place with that heart attitude, you know what's going to happen? God's going to turn up. And he's going to start doing things here in your homes, in your life groups, in your workplaces. And you'll experience him and you'll see a river of life coming out of you. have never yet experienced this for you. And so it's just, do we want it? That's the question. Simon, hit it. Come, follow me. Here's an invitation. It's a beautiful invitation. And so he constantly asks this question. And our answers, our answers determine everything. So let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you, Lord, that you're speaking. And I pray, God, that you would help us and give us ears to hear. Father, Samuel couldn't hear you. Man, the Bible says that he was growing in favor and stature with God and man like the Christ. But when God came and spoke three times, he couldn't hear. He didn't know it was God. He heard someone speaking, but he didn't connect it with God. And then the Bible says he positioned himself to hear. He said, God, I'm actually now listening. See, he's positioning his heart and his mind to actually hear. He's signaling something. I'm maybe putting some of the stuff that I thought to a side. I'm actually wiping it clean, and I'm actually going to say, speak to me. He's modeling a heart of humility and humbleness. Speak to me. I'm now listening. Don't write anything off that you hear. Anything. Take it to the word. May that be our first heart approach, to be open to hear. Because it may just be God. And in this case, get what? It was. So, Father, help us posture ourselves to hear. And, Lord, I know you've got so much more that you got want to download. So much more that you want to do in us and through us and around us. So much more that you want to do to the communities in which we live and the workplaces that we live, Father, as we are being transformed, as we are becoming salt and light at a much greater measure, Lord, than just some theological standpoint, but a reality of that scripture a reality, a living reality where we know where there's something in us that's worthy of giving out. Jesus, where people would see the Christ. They would see you in us. It's that real. 
God, the way we treat people, the way we, we love on people, the way we, tr- we, we, we uh, just carry ourselves. They would see Christ. They would see the outworking of your truth. So God, today, meet us in our place. Meet us, Lord, in our place. Whatever that looks like, Father, your grace has covered it all. And so we are free to just say, this is where I'm at this morning with you, Lord. I'm hungry for more. Maybe I'm not. And just tell him. He knows. That place of vulnerability is going to be a starting point for many of us. Will you just get real? Father, you love us all. You want the very best for every single one of us. And Lord, if we try and do this in our own strength, it's impossible. But your word declares that things, everything with you is possible. So it is possible for us to enter into this reality. So Father, we, our eyes turn on you and the process that you want to walk us through for the outcome to take care of itself. May we never be outcome-driven, but process-focused, and the outcome takes care of itself. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just just hang and have coffee, eat, chat. Encourage you to go see Jane. Encourage you to get a life group booklet. Um, Thanks, Jane, for sharing. Awesome job. And uh, let's keep walking together as one mind, spirit, purpose, and love. Amen. Come out tonight here, Clay. You want to chat about anything I've said, come and see me.